You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Diabetes Discourse, sponsored by Novo Nordisk, a world leader in diabetes care. Here's your host, Dr. Stephen Edelman, founder and director of Taking Control of Your Diabetes, clinical professor of medicine, Division of Endocrinology and Metabolism, University of California, San Diego, and San Diego Veterans Administration Healthcare System. How has the role of the pharmacist changed in the treatment of diabetes? Joining us to discuss the increasing role of the pharmacist in the multidisciplinary team approach is pharmacist and certified diabetes educator at the University of California, San Diego, and Veteran Affairs Medical Center, Dr. Candice Morello. Dr. Morello, welcome to ReachMD. Thank you, Steve, for having me. What are you seeing in terms of the increased role of the pharmacist in the treatment of diabetes? You know, Steve, the pharmacists are trained drug experts. We receive about eight years of training, four with a bachelor's degree prior to the beginning of the four-year PharmD program, and many pharmacists go on to complete residencies or even fellowships. And as such, we are very well-versed in medication therapy management. And I think that with diabetes being a very involved metabolic disorder, it really is a natural fit for our skill sets. And in the last decade, we've um, seen a much growing impact of pharmacists being involved in diabetes. Probably the most notable was the Asheville Project that was published about eight years ago in which it really showed that pharmacists, regardless of the setting, you know, that was in a project with pharmacists out in, in community pharmacy, but showing that you can have an effect in patients with in helping patients control their diabetes. And since then, we've seen many more pharmacist-run clinics and um, collaborative efforts between pharmacists and primary care providers. Well, that's a good lead-in to talk about what you are doing at the Veteran Affairs Medical Center and our diabetes care clinical model. Absolutely. So our clinic is called the Diabetes Intense Medical Management Clinic, and it is, it's, it's a PharmD-MD collaborative practice. In this, in this setting, I have an attending physician who I collaborate with. In addition, I always think of it as I'm collaborating with the primary care providers as well who refer their patients to our clinic. The model that I use as this clinic, at, uh, being not only a clinician but also a CDE, is I use education and I tune them up to put the patient in charge of their care. And it's a very patient-directed, tailored care. And we've been very successful in this model and able to tune, the, uh, tune up and essentially and educate our patients within about six months, um, and, and they've been able to achieve their metabolic goals. And I just, I think it, that's the most important thing, though, is that, you, you know, I tune them up and then I can send them back to the primary care provider and our long-term study is going to be, well, what happens to those patients? Are they able to maintain uh, their A1C control? And so far, we've been pretty successful with that. Um, but primarily, the, I think it's just a thought process for the patients. It's putting them in charge. Yeah, well, it's been my pleasure to be one of the uh, endocrinologists working with you and your team. And we risk stratify. We send you the worst patients. You know, a- A1C is all over 11%. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about how many times do you see these people in average? Um, you know, how long does it take? And then how often do you see them in follow-up? A half day a week, I see patients. That's about a 60-minute visit. And it is for, um, I have four visits per week, and that's it. 
after that, each afternoon on that one day, then I hold telemedicine clinic in which I follow up patients who I need to by telephone. And when I say I follow up, I'm not the one making the call. I put the patient in charge. We set up a telephone visit for a specific time, and they're in charge of paging me, and then I call them back. But it's just, just again, that's that thought process that they're the ones who are in charge of being, you know, taking control of their diabetes. Yeah, you know what, Candice? I mean, I, I've, I've, I've worked alongside with you on this program, and, you know, these patients get such great care, and especially empowering them to, to take control of their diabetes. How has this affected the healthcare providers? Not so much the endocrinologist right there in our diabetes clinic, but their primary care doctors. I get calls from them and, and say, you know, I have been working with this patient for three years, and they've never been this happy, this excited about caring for themselves. And look at, they've, you know, they've reached their goals. So for them, I think it's really been beneficial to be able to see that outcome. But secondly, what I've heard back is that it makes their visits with their patients more quality time to deal with other diseases that the patient might have. So they're able to more efficiently use the time that they have for their patient to achieve better outcomes in other diseases. And it's also nice because it's it's a collaborative practice. You're working together, the patient in charge, me and the other provider, to help them achieve these goals. And so I think it's been pretty well received. Well, you know what? I think uh, the VA system is also especially well set up for that because we do have a computerized medical record system, which is excellent. And, of course, the communication within the same system is excellent. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Diabetes Discourse on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Stephen Edelman. I'm speaking with Dr. Candice Morello. We are discussing the role of the pharmacist in diabetes management. Well, Candace, is the pharmacist targeting diabetes for overall care, or are they just focusing in on the glucose values? How much do you spend on other medical issues? Sure. You know, it's a comprehensive care. So, of course, we deal with diabetes and their glucose monitoring. Who does the shopping? Who does the cooking? You know, how, looking at pattern management, how can they control their diabetes? But we also deal with triglycerides, you know, their, their lipid panel, as well as hypertension. Um, some of our patients have skin problems, you know, fungal issues within their um, skin and their feet. We also have a few patients who we've been able to identify that they've got low thyroid levels. And so we treat them for that as well. So it really is a comprehensive overall care. Well, Candice, you know, as an endocrinologist, uh, I didn't realize that that my pharmacy colleagues can do physical exams. I thought that you know a lot about drugs and, and metabolic syndrome, especially at the VA. But what about, what would, a, what would you tell a primary care doctor about addressing some of these other issues? They may feel, uh, you know, um, defensive on you taking over some of their care. You know, I'll tell you what, Steve, in our training, I, I train our first year pharmacy students how to do foot exams and how to teach patients to care for their feet. As a matter of fact, at our free medical clinics at UCSD, our first, our pharmacy students have put a program together where they're actually performing foot exams on all the patients in the free clinics on diabetes night. So we teach them in the first year how to do this. Our students also receive phys, um, physical, educa- or physical exam training in the first year of pharmacy school. So we do, it's, it's nothing as what our medical colleagues get by any means. And we certainly don't know how, you know, we don't, aren't trained to diagnose, but we are trained to look for things and 
to suggest that we see something. And, and it's been, I haven't found any negative um, reception whatsoever. It's more of been a collaborative thing because we're all there to serve the patient. Yes, and certainly I think every practicing physician knows that you could focus in on certain exams and become expert, especially with a foot exam. Mm -hmm. Now, with all our new oral medications, our insulin analogs, and especially the new GLP-1 agonists such as Bieta and Victoza, how do you work with the primary care physicians in the management of their patients with diabetes? That's got to be an interesting interplay, especially with all the new things coming out. And I'd imagine the pharmacy staff has a chance to really know these medications better than anybody in the hospital. Sure, and I think the the primary care providers are very open to uh, any suggestions that we might make, and particularly with our newer agents, it's it's hard um, to keep up on everything. And as and as you mentioned, you know, as pharmacists, we're trained to make sure that we are very well versed on drug therapy, and so things using digenetide or the uh, saxagliptin or any of the other newer agents, we just really have to identify what is unique to that patient, what is going to suit the patient so that they get the best outcome. And that's basically how we do it. And, you know, we choose an oral agent or an injectable agent. And, um, you, you know, one other thing I want to just mention is I also train my students to get injections in the first year of pharmacy school. We don't use insulin, of course, but they do do an injection with uh, sodium chloride and so that we can be better providers and have some compassion and an understanding of what we're asking our patients when we ask them to use an injectable agent. And it's really the patient's choice, but when I teach them how to use, say, exenatide, for example, they cannot believe how it's not painful. You know, it's more, they feel their finger sticks more than they feel the injection going in. Taking um, the newest uh, GLP-1 agus, Bieta Victoza, um, I would imagine that, you know, in your clinic, you have the time to teach patients how to inject. And we know that once they start their first or second injection, it's not a big deal. But how do you get information back to the primary care doctor about these new drugs or drug interactions, uh, you know, uh, side effects, limitations? Uh, you know, that I think that's an important learning issue when it comes to primary care physicians who may not have a chance to keep up on all the latest stuff. Sure, absolutely. And especially with the liraglutide and the exenatide, you know, these are newer agents. They're novel agents that, you know, it's important that everybody understand, not only the patient who's using them, but the other providers as well. So I think that's another great role for pharmacists in educating our primary care providers and uh, other healthcare providers, nurse practitioners who are helping patients with diabetes as well. And it's, it's really our responsibility to educate them on some of the newer agents, what to expect. And uh, one nice thing about where I work is that we do have the electronic medical record system. And in that, I can clearly write my notes and then I can attach that to the primary care provider so they can see exactly what we're doing and you know exactly what medications were the patients on and what outcomes we're looking for as well as what potential toxicities. I think med- medical records is so important. Well, we've touched on such important issues, you know, patient-centered care, the multidisciplinary approach, including uh, use of the pharmacy spe- specialists. How do we encourage more PCPs uh, to work with pharmacists in, in institutions as well as in private practice? 
Absolutely. You know, we did talk about the VA, and that it is in the VA, Kaiser, those sorts of systems, those more closed systems, those are unique systems. But for the real world, you know, pharmacists, there are MTM codes. That means medication therapy management codes for billing. And so pharmacists can get reimbursed for the services that they provide patients, and there's other ways to do it, um, other ways of billing as well. Uh, But definitely, I would say, just give it a try, and you will see the benefits. Yes, and I I think it all comes down to the multidisciplinary approach. Everybody has the role to help uh, motivate patients to put diabetes high on their own priority list. I'd like to thank our guest, pharmacist and certified diabetes educator at the University of California in San Diego and Veteran Affairs Medical Center, Dr. Candice Morello. Thank you so much for spending time with us on Diabetes Discourse. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Diabetes Discourse, sponsored by Novo Nordisk, a world leader in diabetes care. To learn more about diabetes and the role of GLP-1, visit novomedlink.com forward slash DIA. For more details on the interviews and conversations in this week's show, or to download the segment, visit us at reachmd.com. Daddy, what are you reading? I'm reading about something called GLP-1. Is it a robot? No. (laughs) GLP-1 is a natural hormone that helps regulate glucose metabolism. Its multiple actions are critical to glucose control. Huh? Uh, Okay. Well, GLP-1 works in a glucose-dependent manner. It stimulates the beta cells in your pancreas to secrete insulin and inhibit the liver from releasing excessive glucose by reducing glucagon secretion from alpha cells. It also helps regulate food ingestion by slowing gastric emptying in your stomach here (laughs) and making you feel full. Like at Thanksgiving? Yes. Um, I don't get it. Is it important? Well, GLP-1 is important because it impacts the multiple systems affected by diabetes. It also plays a significant role in protecting beta cells, a key to slowing diabetes progression. Unfortunately, many people with type 2 diabetes have impaired GLP-1 secretion and impaired beta cell response to GLP-1. Like Grandpa? Yes. And like many of my type 2 diabetes patients. That's why I want to make sure I'm looking at the whole picture in diabetes. Sustained control of A1C is important, but we can't stop there. It's important to look at weight, cardiovascular risk, and beta cell dysfunction. Impaired GLP-1 physiology is also a part of the problem, and the multiple actions of GLP-1 throughout the body are critical. So, the GLP-1 robot will help you see the whole picture. (laughs) Yes, I guess, in a way, it will. Novo Nordisk is a world leader in diabetes care and is dedicated to ongoing research. To learn more about GLP-1 and the role it plays in diabetes, please visit novomedlink.com slash DIA.